on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. I know it's it's a matter of urgency right now for a lot of businesses, but there are a lot of resources out there to help them through this. Iowa small businesses are worried about the long-term impact of the coronavirus, but there's help for those who need it. Working from home is becoming the new normal for some. We'll have suggestions on how to be more productive. And we'll hear how the Iowa business community is responding to the global pandemic. This is the Iowa Business Report for the third weekend of March 2020. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry has been the voice of Iowa business since 1903. Learn more online at iowaabi.org. Here is Jeff Stein. When we began this program a few months ago, we had a simple formula. Start with an interview about a topic of interest, give you some news items from the week, and then profile an Iowa-based business. That was the routine, but this is anything but a routine time. We therefore devote our program this week to issues tied to the COVID-19 novel coronavirus outbreak and how they affect business and the economy. Obviously, the physical and emotional health of people is paramount at this time, but as officials note, The virus at some point will run its course, and things will be back to some form of normal. Of particular note, how this is affecting Iowa's small businesses, some of which may be concerned about their viability. Jane Armstrong is Iowa District Director for the U.S. Small Business Administration, the SBA. Things are changing by the hour. Um, There's new things that Congress is discussing, the administration and everything. So for now, um, the SBA has its economic injury disaster loans that are low interest loans for out to 30 years for small businesses to apply for. It will be a statewide declaration. We are waiting on approval um, from internally within the SBA. The governor's office worked very diligently to get the application together and turned around quickly and then it's been submitted to SBA and uh, all the states kind of hit at the same time so I know that our office um, our disaster office is really working around the clock to get these um, declarations by state by state approved and they're coming out very quickly so we're still on a holding pattern I was not been declared yet but as soon as it will we will um, everybody will be shouting it from the rooftops. But what we're asking small businesses to do, do their due diligence behind the scenes, get everything ready so that when the declaration hits, that they are ready to apply as soon as possible. This is something we've never seen before of this kind of demand. It's across the entire country that we are going to have an unprecedented number of applications coming in for disaster loans. So, you know, we're just asking everybody to get to take a step back, breathe. We're going to get through this. We're all in this together and we're here to help um, very seriously that, you know, we will make sure that everybody has, you know, all the information. So we're encouraging everybody to, um, there's a lot of resources available to help the businesses. We have all of our regular programs as well, but for now with the the disaster on the SBA website at sba.gov backslash disaster, 
is all the information they will need for what, what they would need for an application. What we're encouraging businesses to do is to go to that website, get those forms for what they need. There's a couple different things that they will need. Um, there's an application there and they will need the, um, the most recent tax return and also um, schedule of liabilities and a personal financial statement, just um, normal things that you would need for financing. So all of, all of those forms are on that website and all of the information as far as the resources. Our resource partner network um, that SBA, is affiliated with SBA are ready to help um, small businesses with counseling, with assistance, with getting their financials together for this so that they can apply. We have um, 15 small business development centers, four SCORE chapters, a women's business center and a veterans business outreach center that have um, counselors and mentors that are there to help small businesses through this. Now the loans, the SBA economic injury disaster loans are loans up to $2 million and they can go out 30 years. This is where for disasters, where we go beyond just the small business community. So for small businesses, the rate is 3.75%, and for nonprofits, it's 2.75. So we do um, finance um, nonprofits as well through this. Right now, we have every, I think every single business is, is emailing us and, and asking for status of everything. We're just trying to help everybody get through this, and, and we'll make sure that as soon as the declaration is approved, that we get the word out to everybody, and then we're here to help the businesses with the applications. I dare say that people who have already availed themselves of your services are already familiar with what SBA has to offer. They've already been in contact. They've already touched base with you, but how many new people are in a different situation than they ever thought they might be and are now turning to you for assistance? How many new people are, are saying, we now know that this government agency could really help us recover and, and remain solvent? A lot of times when you have a federal agency like the SBA, a lot of people don't know until they need you. And, you know, they might use some services as they're getting started in business, but they don't realize that we're there for the life of the business, you know, and especially through disasters, um, we're one piece of it, working with all the other federal resources too, that very often we're, um, you know, after FEMA and the Red Cross are the first responders, if you will, SBA is the next step to help with the rebuilding process with disaster loans. As Cedar Rapids knows very well, um, we have a lot of disaster loans that were made during the flood. We run into this a lot that people, if they have an existing SBA loan, what they don't realize is you're not limited to just one SBA loan. You're limited in how much exposure you have on SBA loans. It's not unusual for people to have multiple SBA loans, whether it's a line of credit or the working capital, the uh, for equipment, for a building, and a disaster loan. So we want to make sure that everybody knows really looking at their losses and how they've been impacted by this. It's from the calls that we're getting, it's they can document it by number of cancellations that they've had at their venue now the closure of different establishments, 
loss in sales, the the loss of um, customers coming in, that type of thing that they can incorporate and mention in, in the application. I would still encourage as things come out that if somebody's in trouble to look at applying for this and they can always later on decide if there's some other programs that come out to help small businesses if they decide later that they do not want the SBA loan, they can cancel it. But for now, we want to make sure that everybody's getting, you know, that's been impacted, that they're getting their um, their stuff together because you just can't go in and just say, I need money. You need to demonstrate how you've been impacted by it. The issue is that this is a scope of a national disaster that we've never seen. Small businesses are hurting right now and it's hard. I mean, we're all... All of us that work with small businesses feel this. I mean, it's really impacting so many of our friends and families, our neighborhood businesses, and really affects our entire livelihood. We're all in this together. We need to um, to work together to get through it. And let's be patient. And I, I know it's it's a matter of urgency right now for a lot of businesses, but there are a lot of resources out there to help them through this. Jane Armstrong, Iowa District Director, Small Business Administration. Information about their resources and the most current options for a business, all online at sba.gov. We spoke on Thursday morning via Zoom, as she was one of the many working from home this past week. The full conversation is an IBR Extra podcast. Find it now at iTunes, Google, or Apple Podcasts, or by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio program's link. Still to come, tips for those who no longer go to the office. And the second quarter business outlook has already been affected by COVID-19. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. We all know that the global spread of the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, is impacting the economy. That was brought into focus earlier this week with results from the current Rural Main Street Index, a survey of bank CEOs in Iowa and nine other Midwest states. Anything above 50 on the scale suggests growth. Last month, the number was 51.6, the sixth straight month of economic growth. But the number this month is 35.5, a drop of more than 15 points and the sharpest one-month decline since Dr. Ernie Goss of Creighton University started the survey more than 14 years ago. Many of us run our small businesses from dedicated space in our homes. Some have home offices where they can do work away from the office. But for others, this work-from-home approach is new. Experts suggest there are a few things you may want to consider if that becomes your new normal for a time. First, while it is tempting to simply spread out on the dining room table, it's terrible for productivity. That's where you eat, not where you work. And clearing your work materials each evening before dinner is another impediment to productivity. They say the first thing to do is find a dedicated space. That way, you and your family knows when you are there, it's work time. You should also keep regular work hours. 
That doesn't mean to the exclusion of all else, tossing in a load of laundry or taking the dog out is fine. But if your mind is conditioned to work from 8 to 5 at an office, you should do the same from home. Some of us typically come to work in a shirt and tie. That may be a bit much for a home office, but you should dress the part a bit. While it may be tempting to wear sweats for comfort, it blurs things in your mind, since that's your leisure time outfit. Analysts say when we come home from an office and change clothes, we are mentally transitioning our lives from work to home. So the same thing is needed when you work from home. Above all, there's no one-size-fits-all system, but the closer you can be toward your work norm, the more productive you can be in light of the unique obstacles we now face. Up next, how Iowa's businesses are responding to the virus and what may be ahead. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, helping develop the next generation of business leaders through Leadership Iowa, Business Horizons, and Leadership Iowa University. To learn more, go to iowaabi.org. We opted to take a week off from our business profile segment in order to get insight about how all Iowa's businesses are responding to the COVID-19 outbreak. Each quarter, the Iowa Association of Business and Industry surveys its members about their expectations for the coming three months in terms of capital expenditures and staffing. Mike Ralston is president of ABI. I can only imagine what the survey would uh, show if it was taken this week, but it was taken two weeks ago. And Iowa manufacturers and other business leaders were uh, already concerned, already dealing with some of the impacts of the COVID-19 virus. Probably the biggest thing is, and the thing that uh, was most uh, illustrated in the survey results, was a concern about supply chain. Uh, Folks were already experiencing disruptions in their supply chain, especially if they had um, materials that came to them from Europe or Asia. Uh, Others had been notified that there would be delays or slowdowns in their uh, supply chain, and so it was already concerned, and again, I'll bet now it's even worse. Obviously, consumers have heard about runs, if you will, at the store on paper products, cleaning products, etc. So we're familiar with how some of those supply chains have broken down to a retail store, but it really is an impediment to manufacturing because you need these raw goods, whether they were going to be coming from China or Europe or wherever. And so even if we had not had the explosion in terms of an outbreak, on this continent, we were still going to be affected. We were indeed. Uh, I guess one example is steel. Uh, a lot of steel comes from China, mm-hmm. comes from Asia, and those folks who use steel in their manufacturing process are seeing some big, uh, some big disruptions. The numbers themselves showed some concern. Was it, at the time the survey was done, enough that your members were going to be altering their plans for the year because there was a lot of optimism just three months ago in the prior survey. There was a lot of optimism. And in fact, you know, if we look at the survey results, 56 of the survey respondents still plan to make capital expenditures in the second quarter. Now, that's a big deal. That's more than half. But again, if you remember the first quarter of this year, it was almost 80 percent. And so uh, that tells us there's definitely some uh, moderation as far as 
the optimism that folks see. Might some of that spending have already been done in the first quarter? Or when you ask the question, and this is my ignorance, are you asking about the three-month period, a six-month, a 12-month, or what? We are asking for the three-month period. So yes, much of that expenditure would have been already made in the first quarter. It might be lower than uh, last year at this time, but it's still more than half. Um, The other thing I'd say is, you know, we talked about what would happen if we took the survey now. When we took the survey, the concerns were mostly about business issues, supply chain, that sort of thing. Uh, But now I'll bet if we took it, it'd be more workforce issues. How do I protect my employees? How do I make sure that we have enough uh, employees on the job to get our production in? Those sorts of things. And so that's maybe the big change. What advice are you giving your members with regard to this? It is one thing for it to be a retail operation. It is one thing for it to be a business that is affected by a public health order, like a restaurant that is forced to close, limit themselves to takeout. But many of your members are manufacturers, and so you've got people who are working not necessarily in very close proximity, but there is a designated manner in which they have to work. You can't just tell somebody on a line that they can go work from home as you or I might be able to. So what do you tell folks? Right. Well, that's something we spent a lot of time on in the last week to 10 days. And you you make the important point, and that is that uh, we're lucky in Iowa to have some very large uh, businesses that are uh, in a position to be able to tell their employees to work from home and it can work. But you're right, if you're on a production line, and you're not going to be on that line from home. And so what we've been sharing with our uh, member manufacturers in particular is guidance we've received from Centers for Disease Control and other places, and that is to make sure there's a social distancing. The good news about it is if you're on a line, you're probably at a machine that is some distance, four or five, six feet even away from the next person. But if you're not, uh, one of the things that's been suggested is some sort of physical barrier. Many manufacturers have already done that, put up temporary barriers between machines and production stations. We're also saying that, you know, in the morning when people do their uh, healthy start to the day and they get their employees stretching, uh, gosh, they've got to maintain social distancing. As far as conferences, they've got to do that. And so I've seen some pictures of Iowa manufacturers that have employees meeting in their parking lot so that they can stand in a circle and still be six feet apart. And, you know, those are the kinds of things that have to be done. And so there's a lot of that out there. Anyone who says they know what's going to happen in the next 7, 10, 30, 60 days is only acting on optimism or the best information available at that given moment. We've learned that, if nothing else, through all of this. But given how Iowa's workforce is positioned at present, presuming that within 60 days, let's say, we are back to a more normal, not back to normal, but a more normal way of life, how resilient are Iowa's businesses to be able to rebound, recalibrate, and actually progress so that by the time you take the next quarterly survey, the level of optimism not only has not dropped from where it is today, but might actually be where it was in January? Well, that's a great question, and I would answer it this way. Iowa businesses, Iowa business people, are women and men that are uh, optimistic by nature. They're also incredibly uh, practical. And I can give you an example. We all know about the terrible uh, situation that happened with Vermeer Corporation in Pella when it was struck by a tornado. And uh, two of their manufacturing facilities, large factories, were uh, destroyed. Within 60 days, they had their manufacturing back at full capacity. 
I think that's indicative of Iowa manufacturers, or perhaps it's indicative of folks everywhere. I don't know, but I know this: Iowa manufacturers are incredibly innovative, uh, positive. Uh, they uh, they are cooperative. They they know that their employees are the most important part of their business, so they uh, seek to work closely with them. I believe that whenever this crisis is over, uh, uh, Iowa businesses will will move quickly to get back up to speed. And as you know, uh, workforce continues to be an issue. In fact, it's funny how many people responded to our survey and said, yes, we're concerned about um, COVID-19, but are still, you know, we're looking for people all the time. And so that, that, that concern never goes away. There really has not been anything like this in terms of recent or even distant history. We've heard comparisons, I suppose in some regions, flood of 2008. 9-11 aftermath, etc. But this... Flu epidemic in 1918. Right, but we didn't have the kind of interconnectedness, the, the manufacturing. So this truly, not to use the phrase everyone is using, but this truly is uncharted waters. It sure seems that way to us, Jeff. And you know, you know more than most that the one thing, the one thing that business people fear the most is uncertainty. And so that's, that's a, real, uh, a real issue right now. Mike Ralston, president of the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. Our full conversation is posted as an IBR Extra podcast. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. Next week, we'll talk with Iowa businesses and community leaders about the economic impact the current crisis has had on their plans for the year. We'll have that plus the latest news related to business next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. You'll also find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're IBR extras. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, including iHeart, Apple, and Google. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, sponsors of the Taking Care of Business Conference in Cedar Rapids in June. Follow ABI on Twitter at IowaABI and online at iowaabi.org.